0: I started saying, "Hey, you're in a wave, you know, and it's going to pass." And our 8-year-old's very like cognitive, and I remember one time he was lot, he was just so angry, and I said, "It's going to pass." And he said, "No, i no, it's no, it's not going to pass. I'm going to feel this way forever." <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to the UK Surf Show, a podcast about surfing in the UK. We are your hosts. I'm Pete. And I'm Layton.
2: On today's episode, we talked to a really cool guy, Jamal Yogis, a surfer, a Buddhist, and an author. Author of the books Saltwater Buddha, The Fear Project, and All Our Waves Are Water.
1: As I said, we are a really amazing guy. We've chatted about kids' family surfing, what it means to be a surfer. We chatted about him surfing Mavericks. Incredible, yeah. yeah, terrifying, incredible. But yeah, yeah, just a good all-round chat. um Someone not from the UK, obviously, but someone we really thought we should get on the show. As the books I've read that he's written really spoke to me, uh, especially the Saltwater Buddha. It's it, it's the closest thing you can do to explaining, I think, the way you feel in the ocean that. That sort of state of meditation waiting between the waves between you know that that feeling of going from peaceful, tranquil bobbing up and down to just pure adrenaline of like riding down the face of a wave really quickly,
2: yeah, he articulated himself really well didn 't he and yeah. um, it's, I think it resonate with all surfers, but it does resonate with people who aren 't surfers as well, but
1: especially in these times of where where mindfulness is something that 's becoming a lot more needed yeah Yeah, needed is the word yeah um yeah so without further ado we'll just go straight into it you pick us up as we get into the conversation with jamal enjoy how would you say you bring the peace that you feel from the ocean into your day-to-day life
0: i mean it's always a challenge with (laughs) now with having having a four six and eight year old i feel like peace is not the word to describe <laughs> our lives.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's not in the carton, it's, not. it's not it's just not there, is it? So but I just so. don't.
0: That's the answer. I don't do it. I just come in from the ocean and yell at them to pick up their damn legos and <laughs> get on with it. Um now I, I mean I think uh I think meditation was something that I got into around the same time as surfing and um it was because I ran away fr- from home to Maui Um, when I was 16 and I was just getting into the typical high school trouble, but it felt really dramatic. And I felt like I had to learn to surf and had to get away from it all. And, um, but when I got to, when I got, when I got to Maui, um, you know, being in there with no money and, uh, wasn't paradise. And so I'd had some introduction to meditation from, from my parents, um, but I didn't ever want to do it cause they were doing it, you know, and, yeah. Um, yeah, you were bad. But, <laughs> um, but then, you know, when I was really struggling with loneliness and being out of money and whatnot in Maui, um, that's when I, I started trying it and just picked up a book and said, you know, I'm going to give this counting my breath a shot and, so those two kind of grew up together, and I and I immediately made the connection that I was really bad at both. <laughs> um, <laughs> and but I also made this connection that you know my thought waves, kind of, and emotional waves were moving a bit like the sea, and so, um, and so you know surfing became sort of like a, the movement side of meditation um, to me, and so but I don't think I could. I think it's really easy just to have surfing be like this separate thing where it's like you're all of your land life kind of sucks. And then you're just trying to get out back yeah, out. And, then, <clears throat> and I I've definitely done that a lot in my life. Just been like, I'm just trying to make time to surf and then, <clears throat> and then every, you know, just get through everything else. And, um, <clears throat> but I think the practicing mindfulness piece, like just stopping, and and doing that a little bit every day um, really um, helps me like transition. Um, not that I go surf and then I meditate every time, but having both of those tools, um, they sort of inform each other because um, you know if was I was question, just doing yeah. yeah if I was just doing stillness meditation, I think it's easy to do the same thing where it's like well now's my time to be peaceful. <laughs> And then I'm going to yeah, get up definitely. and you don't necessarily have like, a, uh, um, and even doing like some sort of Tai Chi or yoga or something, it doesn't for me work as well as surfing because surfing's so dynamic and you're being challenged by, um, the ocean and you're being challenged by <laughs> crowds and all that stuff, but you're also having these moments of stillness between waves. So it works really well as this kind of like, this is a model of what you could do in the world to, um, so I see them as almost like these tears. And then being in the living room with my kids tearing their hair out, that's like yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the, the real it. that's like the real big wave surfing where you have yeah, to sell right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. How, how yeah. can I manage this, you know, without freaking out? Yeah. Yeah. I love how you
2: described that just and that was perfect. That the um, <clears throat> surfing is the movement side of meditation. That is that's like kind of perfect, that little line there that is um that's kind of what we feel like isn't it? we yeah. like we've mentioned it before there there's no other sport that you do where you're kind of playing with nature and that must have some kind of you know mental impact on you like in a positive way
0: yeah i mean we i think we're really lucky as surfers because we get this cocktail of like neurochemicals because they've done studies like just looking at the water or just touching the water or swimming it gives you this sense of peace and it lights up areas of the brain that don't usually get contacted you know when we're in cities and um so you're getting that nature piece but then you're also getting this like adrenaline and dopamine hit from the fun of it (laughs) and
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: which really helps with getting into like flow states and those states where you really just feel like you're you're in the in completely in the moment and and really working to your full potential and and then um you know and then you're also getting exercise so you're getting that as well so it's it's really um sweet cocktail it's no wonder it's so addicting
2: oh yeah well it isn't like like we were chatting before the show we we've got there's some surf coming into the uk the middle of this week and we're we're like gone you know we're, we're going. we've already
1: checked out put the day off everything
2: yeah because yeah, we well we work full-time so we're, we're like working in the building trade so we 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 put work on hold to grab that hit of uh adrenaline and tranquility um you do, do your 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 kids surf as well you, you take kids out with you
0: they um they will get in the water right now when we occasionally on hot days we live in san francisco um right so i'll get them to get their wetsuits on but they really only want to do it if we're in warm water they're still kind of squeamish about it's ocean beach in san francisco is like a really rough place to learn to surf it's um so i'm trying um but right now they are uh what they really want to do is play basketball. Um, they, (laughs) it's so, so, you know, it's so funny. They look, I think they look at me and like surfing is like, just like the clothes dad wears. It's not necessarily like the thing that they're aspiring to. They, they still, um, you know, they're somewhat urban kids. So they, um, But yeah, I've gotten them out there and I'm, I'm trying, I I took the approach. I don't know what you guys have done with your kids, but I took the approach with our first son where when he was two, I had him suited up. I was like throwing him into the cold (laughs) (laughs) waves and I think I I nearly traumatized him and, um, And I did that. And then the next time I took my four year old in Hawaii and like surfed that was too big and he got drilled and he, he got a little bit (laughs) traumatized. So then it was like two strikes against dad and we had the third one and his name is Finn and I haven't yet traumatized him (laughs) (laughs) and he seems like he's the most stoked about surfing. So now I'm taking this like more organic approach where I'm like, you guys tell me when you want to go and yeah, that's play, it. really make it about playing rather than like this is what dad wants you to do um so we'll see we'll see let's check back in in a decade
2: yeah they probably <laughs> realize when, when they're a bit older that it's cool to have a dad that can surf and and then they can get taught as well and obviously you live somewhere where they surf on your doorstep so but we we now realise how lucky people are to have that because it's not on our doorstep.
1: Yeah, so. we, you know we've got to travel probably not. It's about an hour, hour and a half travel to get any decent surf. There's there's a few spots around where you can go to when the weather's right. But having that on your door, and I know you mentioned then about um, being in Hawaii and taking your kids to Hawaii. Um, how how was that for you? I know you go into it in your first book, The Saltwater Buddha, but can you explain? that feeling to people of paddling out in hawaii into that big surf at, at 16 years old and you know what it feels like
0: well at 16 i mean it was it was just humbling that was what it felt like because i had this huge chip on my shoulder i played w- water polo i was a pretty decent skateboarder and snowboarder so i'm like here i i've got my i went and bought a 66 um super chippy board thinking, starting off easy yeah you know <laughs> just being a total total kook and um and i was learning to surf right near paia and maui and the, at this beach break that was really heavy and hollow <laughs> and, I, and i mean i just had my ass handed to me and it was <laughs> it was so and day after day after day after day i mean i didn't i literally surfed every day on that board on the north shore for like three weeks before I got even stood up and um so I was just it was like a terrible like you know it's like a 70 year old woman could have done much better than me learning learning to surf I mean nothing against 7 year old women I'm sure there's a lot that could surf much better than me now but um the uh but yeah then going back um and being able to, to go back to Maui with my kids um, last year and doing it right. We went to the Lahaina break wall. There's these tiny waves that roll in perfectly. We got soft tops and, um, you know, and they were popping up right away and getting rides. And I'm like, <laughs> this is, thank goodness. Like I'm getting just to and that the joy of watching them catch their first wave was um, absolutely equal, if not more, to the joy of catching that first wave on the North shore of Maui after three weeks of beatdowns.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I can absolutely relate to that. Yeah. We have photos of, uh, my kids standing up for the first time and to be able to get that photo is kind of priceless, you know, and uh, like you said, you know, that is equal, if not even more to your first kind of like unbroken wave. It's, it's a beautiful thing because you know what they're feeling, I suppose.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. you know what they're feeling. And you, I think you get those those bits as well with that, where you can remember your first wave you caught, you can remember the best wave you've caught to date, and I think you can remember the worst time you've ever wiped out as well. Are they are they things you've got in mind that you can remember all of them?
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely have a handful of of waves that are at at the top and um, and a handful of wipeouts too. Yeah, um, but I think. Going back to the <clears throat> watching watching the little guys it's it's so fast faci- I think I've watched the video <laughs> like two hundred times <laughs> yeah. of them, and you just get it's like you just it's like joy, joy, joy <laughs> and yeah, right, right, you get, there's right, something uh, really um, special about that connection between like obviously parent and child, but I think even you know on a philosophical level, we have this ability, like we have these mirroring neurons where when you see someone else enjoying themselves, some of those mirroring neurons start firing, but it's so much deeper with your kids. It's like, you're watching yourself. And, um, yeah, really, really fun. But yeah, I mean, my, my, I always, when I think about my top wave ever, I think about, um, Padang Padang because I was just so, um, it was the first place I got like real legitimate tube rides and I was so terrified of it. And, um, and there were, it just seemed so above what I was capable of because it looked like those surf magazine tubes. And I just didn't think, I couldn't picture myself really doing it. So there was like that cognitive dissonance of like, I'm going to paddle out there, but, And there's some part of me that believes that that's possible, that I could get a backside barrel that, you know, but it was like, I didn't really believe it. And so when I finally did get a a really legitimate cover up on on an amazing day, and it's just that slow motion of, of the wave coming over me. And... I'd, I think I'd, I'd gotten some tubes that were like borderline, <laughs> you know, I was like, was that a tube? You know, did I make it? <laughs> <Yeah>. And, um, <laughs> you know, did anybody get a photo? Because I think I was in there. And then <laughs> realize, <laughs> and then when I finally got like a legitimate deep tube at Padang and realizing it was, there was no question about it. I was in, you know, just in this room of water. And it was so that whole, the, the way the whole world changes color when you're in a tropical tube, especially, um, that's frozen yes. in my mind forever in slow motion, and uh, I'm so grateful for that.
2: And, yeah, going and- to say this, some, something you're going to remember forever. Yeah, that, that kind of moment. Um, for for people who haven't haven't read your book yet, I don't, don't want to spoil it or anything, but um, I've recently um read the Saltwater Buddha. And it's it's just incredible. But when you come to um, surf those big waves the the guy called rom that you met was was he the guy that kind of give you the confidence to do that because i absolutely loved that guy in your book he he was almost almost like the um the bodie character in in point break you know that's how i pictured him when i was reading your book
0: (laughs) yeah he was i mean uh he was like a um a more uh, like jolly body. um <laughs> and yeah. uh, no Robin Ryan Banks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he would. Uh, it, it was. Um, he would come to breakfast. I remember in this huge Vegemite robe, and, um, and eat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he was just a character. But yeah, he would wake. He he. Um, I loved how much he was just a do-it-yourselfer. He he got these old rickety um beach cruisers like that were laying around and rusting in this, you know, eco commune we were living in, um, on the jungle side of the big island. And he brought those back to life and he took these old boards that we thought would never ride again and he patched them up. And then, um, yeah, and it was just like I say in the book, is waking me up at four thirty in the morning to ride down for Dawn Patrol. And I mean those are things I just never would have done on my own. I was always, you know, I think um Needed somebody to push me, and even though I was really motivated to learn to surf, I think I would have done it in a much more gradual way. and he was like, you know and, and so he, he just he wouldn't like coach you so much as just say, "Come on, we're going out here." And it, and I was like, I I can't handle that, you know. And he's like, oh, sure you can. <laughs> just okay, come on, just follow me. And then you put in the situation, and I mean that. Uh, so you know, there probably are ways you could teach better, but that was perfect for me at that point. And and Rom, um, and then he would do it. And and there's something about. Uh, you know, then all your sort of macho energy turns on of like, he's doing it. (laughs) I've got, got I can't wuss out here. And, uh, and yeah, that was just what I needed at like 19 years old.
2: Is are you still in contact with him or do you you know how to get in contact with him?
0: Very occasionally. Yeah. Well, he's in Margaret river now and, uh, and has a family and, um, is in the wine business. So he's doing great. Yeah,
1: so, sounds awesome. like a sounds like a good progression from him. From you know Vegemite wearing surfer to wine wine
0: <laughs> wine <laughs> connoisseur. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, maybe he's finding the best Vegemite wine pairings. <laughs> yeah, if you're yeah. listening, um We want to know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you um like uh, leighton was just saying then the saltwater butter, I. i've I've never been a great reader i've i've normally been more like visual and stuff like that and i found the book the saltwater butter the first one i read of yours was a book that i'd never had that before where i just i read it really quickly and i couldn't put the thing down and the whole story was amazing and then i know your third not your second book because your second book was the fear project which you surfed mavericks, which we'll talk about in a minute, and then uh um the and third survived, yeah and survived <laughs> that's one of the things there and the third one um the all our waves of water is uh is is a continuation of the saltwater Buddha, i feel and it's it's the your style of writing is so it te- like it, it tells a story and it, i really connected to it um how How do you find writing? I know you write for other publications as well. You've written for some massive publications. And how do you find a difference in writing between writing something for yourself and writing something for one of those big companies?
0: Yeah. um, Well, I I think the reason I gravitated more toward doing the books, um, because I started off as a magazine journalist and was doing all stuff that was like assignments and uh traditional style journalism where, you know, he said, she said some investigative piece. I really liked it. Um, but there was, um, there was a part of me that just wanted to be more free with writing, um, more musical, more, um, and also just sort of write my heart. And uh, I didn't, I wasn't conscious, I was conscious of that craving. And I thought it would come out in the form of one day writing a novel. So I thought my vision of how my writing career would, would, would go was like, I was going to do great as a, as a magazine journalist and work really hard. And then once I'd established myself, I would, you know, go off and live in a hut and (laughs) and write the great American novel. (laughs) And, uh, and what happened was I wrote this one piece, uh, Well, well, what happened was I started feeling like the magazine pieces were like I was hiding a little bit Um, because you can really do that as a journalist in the objective journalism structure where it's like you're writing what they said and what they said. And then you sort of come out with a view, but it's you, you, your heart is really hidden and that's okay. That's sort of journalism, you know, but I think I was, I'm, I'm a sort of like a romantic and an artist at heart. And I think that part of me wanted to come out. And so, uh, and I wanted to write about surfing too, which is, you know, my heart. So I wrote this one piece about how surfing is a meditative experience for me. And it, and I, wrote it for this tiny publication and I just thought well I almost hope nobody sees this <laughs> because yeah it could be like then they're just gonna be like J- Jamal's a total bohemian and <laughs> yeah. my reputation as a journalist will be sort of I was nervous about it you know because you I'd, know. I'd worked really hard to like go to Columbia journalism school and try to build this reputation um Uh, but then of course, like that piece went viral and uh, more than any other thing I'd ever written. And, and then I had a publisher that was saying a small publisher saying, do you want to write this as a book? And, um, and at first I said, no, you know, I don't, (laughs) that was, uh, it just seemed too vulnerable. And then I, I went, I hemmed and hawed about it and did it. And then and even when it was done, Saltwater Buddha, I was really nervous about it, uh, about releasing
2: it, and um, so that, is that was that because it's it's so it's because it's a very honest, um, a very honest look at yourself, isn't it? Is, is that what what you were nervous about?
0: It was the honest look at myself, and at the time too, like now, mindfulness is like this billionaire, billion dollar business, but at the yeah. time yeah. it was more, it was a little more fringe. I mean, this was only a decade ago, but it's gone really fast. And I think I felt like, you know, am I going to wreck my journalism career by coming out with this, and um, and I didn't, you know, but it was a real battle with like, I think revealing to the world my in my internal life, and um, and the, and it was a beautiful process though because I was so nervous about it, and then I came out with the book and. Um, you know, it wasn't like this runaway bestseller, but I started getting regular letters of people saying, this really speaks to me. Basically saying what you just said, like, I'm not, you know, I haven't found a book that I really connect to. And and let me tell you how my life mirrors your life. And I was like, it really made me feel go from feeling like I was this real strange duck, you know, who had, who needed, all who had this like secret internal life to being like, oh, everybody's kind of similar. Everybody's going through a lot of the same stuff and questioning in a lot of, in the way I am. So, um, so at any rate, that's a long winded way of saying um, it's been a great balance for me because like journalism has been a way that I really get to get an education and learn about the world outside of the world that i would naturally operate in um you get a passport to ask all these questions about topics you don't know about and and then when i go and write my books i get to write about my internal world and that's been a a healthy balance for me
1: i think i think that what you were saying then that that connection i think people feel with it is that connection of as we said earlier like meditation you feel that sort of connection in the sea and you've got I don't think you've got anything it it mirrors life in a way such as you go from the peaceful tranquility of sitting there like you know bobbing up and down waiting for the next wave and all of a sudden into like pure insane adrenaline which you know that that goes in your day-to-day life as well everything's calm and fine and all of a sudden you know Everything goes nuts. It's there's, life, happens. life happens. Yeah, there's nothing else like that, in, in that anyone can even compare it to that I know. Um, yeah. the,
2: the people, the people that were getting in contact you uh, with you uh, after reading the book, were they all surfers, or were people kind of uh, drawing comparisons in in just their own life? in general, or was, was it just loads of surfers getting in contact? You said, Oh my God, you've, you've put down my thoughts on page and what it feels like to, to surf. And
0: no, I think the, it was a mix, but I think the majority of the letters I would get, um, were often like either I'm not this, but I really connect with this through my own prism. You know, I'm not a surfer, but like, you know, I play tennis or (laughs) I, I do, I swim or whatever. And I get, or I'm not a Buddhist at all, but I totally get what you're saying with this water metaphor. And it's interesting. Like, um, I think water, because we are water beings, you know, it's like that Tom Robbins quote, you know, humans are water's invention of transporting itself across land. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, You know, it's not verbatim, but something like that. And, uh, and we, the way we speak, like I'm in the flow, I'm getting bogged down. I'm, uh, you know, I'm drowning in work. I'm. we just, uh, we think in water terms. And so, you know, just because you don't like sit and cross your legs and meditate, or you don't paddle out and identify as a surfer doesn't mean you aren't already thinking in, in even unconsciously in these terms. And I think, um so that was a real revelation for me when I started getting those letters is was was like oh you this is this taps into sort of a collective unconscious about um the way that even language has been created and uh and and that was fascinating to me.
1: Yeah, that's 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 definitely that's a good explanation of of in there as well of the way
2: well, the way that the way that everybody feels—not not, not yeah. just surface, not yeah, just surface—I really think that's
1: a, a general metaphor for life. Yeah, kind of metaphor for life is. Um, you've also got a a on that on that subject. You've also got a new book coming out. Uh, Mop rules the waves. Can you tell us a bit about that and where it came from, where the idea came from about that book?
0: Yeah, Mop rides the waves of life. Uh, is <laughs> I think. Um, it, it actually happened really organically. I just, one of the things I love to do is doodle um, and sometimes I'll draw waves, you know, like every other surfer, just like, <laughs> you know, it's kind of peaceful. <laughs> do, uh, not a very good artist. And drawing a wave is a good, um, you know, sort of abstract way just to let my mind wander. And, um, but I started drawing this little stick figure with really wavy hair. Um, and I just liked the way he, he looked and um and lo and behold you know i ended up with this little like 40 pages of mop and um i started calling him and uh and it was kind of just like a mini saltwater buddha and i wasn't planning on on doing a kid's book um until i got about 10 pages into it and i was like oh this could be really cool and uh yeah it made me i mean mop is a kid who loves to surf, and uh he's got this big mop top of hair, which is why he's named mop and he but he keeps running into like you know emotional turmoil at school <laughs> like he gets pushed or he gets teased for his hair and he can't control his emotions and then you know one day his mom teaches him mindfulness, and she's like, you know this is this is really about surfing life. And he's like, oh, that's so hokey, mom. And um, But then he gets it as he paddles out that his emotional waves are moving uh, a lot like waves. And he doesn't have, like he has that moment of choice where if he's caught in an angry wave, it's totally okay. He doesn't have to fight against it. He doesn't have to react against it. Like when you're getting held down by a wave, you can either fight it or you can just relax and let it pass. And so that's sort of like the idea that I'm playing with there in Mop. And, um, and it was really, really, really fun to then team up with this guy, Matt Allen, who's a Southern California surf artist. He did all the watercolors and it just came out really beautiful. And I think out of all my books, it's been the most fun to write. I don't know if it's also yeah. because it's so short, but, um, I think I realized I was using a lot of complex language to describe something that's pretty simple and uh and it's been really cool to see my kids get into that because even like i was saying they're not like super motivated to serve it's not their top priority but seeing uh you know these images come come to life for them they they really connect with it so uh i'm I'm grateful
2: at this time as well because um obviously with the lockdown that we're all going through and kids are are obviously struggling. So the book saying about the turmoils of life for for the kids. And as I was saying to you before the chat we had before we come on recording, there's a charity in the UK uh, called um, the wave project. Project And and they take kids out surfing um, that have anxiety issues. Uh, And so your book Cause I think you said it's coming out in about 10 days in the UK. Is that right?
0: That's right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So that coming out at this time it is, is just perfect. Like it could genuinely help some kids as well as be a fun read for, for, for kids as well. You know, it's, it's so it's, it's kind of perfect timing really.
0: Yeah. I, I hope so. I mean, it, it's helped our family in unex, unexpected ways because there's, for example, there's this picture of mop. He's duck diving, the way these like this triple up and in the wave it says fear and anger and sadness and he's like he's just moving under it peacefully and with my kids um they colored in those pictures from the coloring book and I started hanging them up around and it was interesting like when any of us were getting like overheated in the house, which is often, you know, with three little kids. We uh <laughs> I started saying, hey, you're in a wave, you know, and it's gonna pass. And our eight-year-old's very like cognitive. And I remember one time he was locked, he was just so angry. And I said, it's gonna pass. And he said, No, I'm no, it's no, it's not gonna pass. I'm gonna feel this way forever. <laughs> and when he said it, it it's like he hurt himself and He looked at the drawing, which we had posted up on the wall and, uh, and he laughed and he, it's like, he realized that he was wrong. And it was, uh, it was this beautiful moment where, uh, he then said, well, I'm still really mad, you know? And I said, well, just like, it's just like that you're, you're in a wave. And, but if you don't have to like act from that wave, you know, um, and it worked, it was really neat to see it work in a way that I didn't even expect it to work that well. <laughs> and, uh, yeah.
1: Do you find that with, with like social media now as well? Um, there's so much, even though everyone's so connected, they're so distant There's there's so much anxiety going around now. Do you, does that, does that affect you yourself? I know you have to use, uh, social media and everything for a platform everyone does now, but i imagine for what what i imagine your life feels like or what your what your life what you what you want to stand for in your life if you feel that as a as a big pressure
0: yeah i i social media i definitely have like a love hate relationship with it i mean it's it's neat in the way that um you you have this publishing platform then you can kind of say whatever you want um and but there is always this uh i don't like how it measures there's this it, it, life, humans already are in this popularity contest all the time and um and i think that isn't our strongest uh, evolutionary um yeah <laughs> point that uh for a peaceful society. And then it's like, here we are living through this platform that literally just measures it in numbers instantly. And, um, I don't think that plays to, to our strengths, uh, sort of our, our highest potential. Um, so I, I don't like that, but I do participate in it as it's, it has felt like a necessary part of being a writer. And, um, I think that, uh, there's, what I see in like the political sphere, especially, is like knee-jerk reactions on top of knee-jerk reactions, and then also realizing that the mo- the more inflammatory you can be, the more um, likes or retweets or whatever you get. And so it's almost like if you um, if you if you look at society as the ocean, and you're like, okay, here we have a, an issue like we're trying to resolve what if like all the waves just break on top of each other at once? It's just yeah. a mess. It's like nobody can, that's what social media often feels like to me. It's just like a big, the center of the storm and like nobody can make sense of
2: anything. Yeah. It's a lot of trying to outdo each other on it. It's almost like you've mentioned before, like the amount of likes that you you feel like you need to get or what some people feel like they need to get. Um, yeah.
0: It's it, it, a lot it's of pressure. It, It is. Yeah. But I think it's also like anything, it can be a practice. If you decide to engage with it, it's like, you can use it as a mindfulness practice of like, let me see how my um, sort of happiness can rise and fall with these like likes and dislikes and, um, and just observe that and see, well, that's really is like the human condition of suffering right there. So if I can, observe myself in that and then try to um, let it go and just sort of walk away and do something else or um, breathe through it or whatever. It, it just becomes another practice that we have to deal with um, in this new world. You know, what, you go public speaking or anything, you get all kinds of anxiety about what the world thinks of you. And and that's a practice. Like you can um, – so i try to approach it that way where i i try to notice the anxiety how it arises and um and then you know let go of that desire um of course i want to be liked and loved and get all you know like everyone else and um but uh but i also have to recognize that like when i if i become too obsessed with that it's just i'm living in hell that's awful it's an awful place to be all the time so you have to let go of it and walk away and so that is just you know it's part of our modern world
1: i think that mindfulness in your you know in in your new book that will i think it sounds like something that could help a lot of people that focus too much time on that social media thing as well when there's when there's stuff you know you you see people living through social media on a side where they're not even experiencing life. You know, um, I, I heard someone talk on a podcast the other day about saying, imagine, imagine 20 years ago, having to show someone a photo of your food, you know, like you'd have to go and get your film developed. You'd have to then right. take it to take it <laughs> to the shop like, and then send it to them. and go, this is my food. They'd be like, what the hell are you, yeah, sending, me are you sending me that for? Yeah, it looks horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like complete madness. And then you go back to something, in the ocean like that us like us sat in the ocean just in more or less a meditative meditate i can't even say the word meditative state where it's the complete opposite and it's the furthest thing from your mind you know you you paddle out in the water and everything disappears it's it's that
2: yeah well as surfers are kind of uh, lucky to kind of have that i suppose um but so, like, so as life in general is stressful, and you've got you know the the kids and the social media and stuff, but you feel like you have to be on it because you need to be visible, really, because of your because of your work that you do. So, you're going to use surfing as a bit of a retreat, I suppose. So, what does like a pre-surf and a post-surf Jamal look like? You know, it is like the, you know. So, what we've noticed, for instance, when we're driving to surf, it's very like the music we listen to is very fast, kind of like <laughs> nearly heavy metal. Well, oh, let's get it done. You know Well, oh, I need to get out there. And when you come back, it's like acoustic music, almost like <sighs> Enya Enya, we're listening to. Back, I wouldn't go Enya, know? but you know, it's, it's it's going that way. So Do you feel like, like a, there's like a, almost like two sides of you? There's like a, a pre-surf Jamal and there's a post-surf Jamal.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, um, It's been interesting, actually, during this COVID, uh, we have been quarantined up in the mountains, um, so I haven't been able to surf. And I've been... uh, So I do feel a little more fragmented than usual because I don't have that pre- or post-surf. I've been going for runs and um, we go hiking and we go swim at the lakes and stuff up here, but I can't wait we're going back next week to the coast and I'm really looking forward to it. But the, I have found as I've gotten older that I've developed a little bit, I think of a, of a more, I've re- released a little bit of my identity around surfing where like when I, I remember in my twenties, especially like if I, if there was good, if there were good waves out there and I knew my friends were getting them and I knew, um, I was missing them, like that was a huge amount of suffering <laughs> for me. So it was almost like that pre surf was like I created this huge amount of stress around it. Where and it was like also how I surfed in the waves, I had to surf well, or I had to like feel like I was progressing. And you know, now at 40, I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't really care if I, um, if I look as cool or, you know, or look, do as well. And that is, I think that's really freeing in that, like the letting go a little bit of like, um, I, and realizing I can contact that post surf Jamal in other ways. Like I can, um, I can go for the trail run and then swim in the river and feel really great too. Um, so just kind of opening up my world a little bit to, um, But there's still, I say that, and there's nothing like surfing. So when I go, um, when I get back to the coast next week, um, I know I'm going to be like, how did I I just go three months? This is the longest I've gone without surfing in like a decade. Like, how did I, um, you know, how did I do that? Because there's nothing like this. And, um, but it, it is a good experience to, I think, every now and again, sort of, take a break you know from from the surfing obsession and do something else because you realize like oh there's um yeah we become so linked to like this is what i do you know and with anything no matter what you do whether it's like you're a writer or you know we remove yourself away from that um it's an interesting experiment anyway i'm 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 I don't know if I answered that question. No, at all, yeah, but-
1: <laughs> you did, you did answer that question. I was I was going to apart in that question. You were saying about like trail running and that. Do you try and have a fitness routine that you keep to when you're not in the water? I mean, we were saying the other day that even you know you go you go a few weeks or a month or two months without without getting that keeping that paddle fitness up. You get back in the water and you're like, oh my god, this is impossible. You know, do you, do you have a fitness routine you keep to in the in in between surfing times?
0: I yeah, I have to exercise is so important to me. Um I just just feel awful if I don't do it. It's it's one of those um it's just one of those self, you know, regulation things that it's not so much like I'm exercising to keep fit in the surf cuz I know when I get back um you know, my, I'm going to be flailing around out there like I can't paddle out at Ocean Beach. We have one of the hardest paddles in the world at this at our beach break and um
2: yeah <laughs> now
0: i'm just gonna be so uh uh re- you know feel like i'm just starting out again but yeah i i try to just exercise every day whether it's going for a run or going for a skate um i've gotten back into skateboarding recently which is is fun with my kids um
1: i saw you doing the, uh, a a shove it on your instagram the other day actually
0: <laughs> yeah um i don't it's amazing that you know any of those things are still possible because uh but it's been fun yeah i just tried i think you know it's so important as grown-ups we forget to play and that's really what like we turn like fitness into a chore um where it's got to. it's just another thing to check off the list um because our lives are so compartmentalized but i think um it's one of the cool things about being a dad is you you have to go out and play with with your guys and um, so I try to you know I love to run because it's kind of a meditative state but I also try to just uh, you know not forget how to play and that's the cool thing about surfing I think is that it's automatic play like you don't have to it's you don't have to put it on as a grown up you're like you just get out there and it's play you know you're having fun so it it happens seamlessly but when you don't have the ocean you know i think it's important to find other ways to do that
2: yeah i i I use fitness as a bit of a surfing patch as well like a surfing plaster just to get me over the times when we're not when we're not surfing. the only problem with that is it ends up getting a bit out of hand and you're working out all the time when you're not you're either working working out or surfing you know it's uh, those three things but um The skateboarding, like, I, because we're forty now as well, and and with our kids, I, I kind of feel like I don't feel so stupid going out on the board now
1: because I have got my kids there. Uh, I I still go out on my board anyway. I don't think I don't think forty's too old to be skateboarding at all. But
2: it feels like an excuse for me now. Like, oh, I have got the boys. here. Oh, you know, I'm, 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 yeah. I'll show you how to do this, shall I? And
1: yeah, I'll show you how, how to fall off. Board, this is how you fall off like an old man. Hold on,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, it hurts. It hurts it, more at forty, that's for sure. But
1: does, uh, it makes you. I think you've got a lot more fear at forty as well, because you know, you know what can happen and what.
2: As experience, yeah. Well, how much? <laughs> how
1: much it hurts when you hit the ground, and uh, I think you also. It, it sort of links into the fear of like things like that. You you wrote the book, the the Fear Project about surfing Mavericks you know how how do you find that in, in something like going out on your skateboard now say going out on your skateboard at 40 with the kids you think oh i'll try this or or something that hurts how would you say fear is is the same in is, do you think fear is the same in those ways you know between something like trying something new like skateboarding or even surfing something something small for someone who's not surfed before to go into surfing something like mavericks
0: yeah, I mean the interesting thing that I learned researching that um I was that was a really fun project uh because I got to talk with all these athletes and neuroscientists psychologists about fear what it is and I had a philosophy around how to deal with it um but I didn't really know how the hardware worked and and the interesting thing is that you know the way our biology developed it's like we were um you know, when we were early mammals, you basically just have your instinctual brain, like your limbic system, they call it. So, you know, it's like sex drive, fear, um, hunger, (laughs) like all those things that keep you alive. Um, And then as our brains ballooned, like we built this neocortex and prefrontal cortex and all that. But the original hardware where fear comes from it basically remain the same because it wasn't broken and that's the thing that it's super fast it just shoots adrenaline into your body and gets you ready to fight freeze or flee and um and so it's faster it, it by the time that adrenaline has gotten into your body you haven't even realized you're afraid yet consciously because the the prefrontal cortex is like our logical thinking and that functions a little more slowly it has to um, so by the time, that's why, you know, you throw your popcorn into the air in a movie before you say this is, it's just a movie, like, it, you know, it happens really instantaneously. So anyway, that's just an introduction to say, like, fear of any sort has this similarity in that it's it's hitting your amygdala, your early brain, and set, getting you into fight or flight mode. Um, we like a little bit of that experience because it's actually just sending extra energy to our limbs and that's why like adrenaline feels fun and good and it actually can get you um, into a heightened state of uh, performance because you're getting a little extra strength and energy Um, but if it goes too far you freak out and, um, and you freeze up and so there's this spectrum with fear and once I realized that it was like fear, I think, became a little bit more of something playful. Um, so, I, you know, I think I had this view before, like, I just don't want to feel afraid um, because it's, it's, it just makes me uh, uncomfortable. And, but I realized the thing about fear is that it's your reaction to fear that makes it spiral downward. If you kind of can embrace it, and breathe into it then it's like you're you're like oh how can i direct this energy in the right way so with skateboarding you know you still have to at 40 listen there's fear does have some reason to it you maybe you shouldn't like you know Try that ten stair kickflip forty <laughs> when you Try ten kickflip at forty, right? Or any, yeah, anything. Um, but you know, where can you test that edge? That to me is the interesting place. Is like, can you take it to that edge, breathe into it, and um, and use the energy to find flow? And that's where we want to be, I think, with surfing slightly bigger waves, or skating, or public speaking or anywhere you're trying to expand your comfort zone i think it's about um kind of playing with that edge and making it playful and fun and that's how and then it keeps expanding and ideally you know where you can then recognize you're afraid in a um when something more serious happens maybe in like your home life or whatever and you feel anxiety or something at work and then you can you can take what you learned skating or surfing and be like oh, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna let this spiral out of control
1: yeah that's that's a, a definite good answer what's what's that what's that fe can you describe that feeling though like what is that feeling like just to, even to be i couldn't even imagine even to be out in somewhere like mavericks what is that what's that feel like i mean
0: yeah t- mavericks is terrifying and for a good reason i mean mavericks is one of those places where it's like this like my fear system is telling me this is a bad idea and it's 100 percent right like this is not <laughs> what this is not yeah. a wise move survival wise you know um because even if you've trained to be the best like you know, your Mark Fu, or um, uh, you know, you can just the circumstances can be such that you have no choice. Um, you can get knocked out, you and be underwater, what, what, whatever. And that's true in any way. But Mavericks, it's just you know, it's so nuclear when you get out there and you hear the sound of these like you know 10 foot thick lips just top to bottom it's like a slab you know but it's 40 feet tall
2: and um absolutely (laughs) terrifying
1: absolutely (laughs) terrifying. i've heard people say that what you don't realize of something like that is if you come off if you wipe out there or even if you go and you know you you're in the water and all of a sudden you've got that much water above you is you don't take into account what the water pressure does all of a sudden into onto you there as well
0: yeah, I mean, I was fortunate that I only went down like maybe three or four times, um, and I uh, I got pretty lucky in that I you know I I didn't take like the full force of a lip um, and get shoved down for a two wave hold down or anything like that. But it was uh, <laughs> it was interesting because I had I trained myself at Ocean Beach and I'd done all this visualization around when I go down here's how I'll relax and not panic (laughs) and when I finally did go down on my first Mavericks wave like there was none of that was present I was just fighting for my life and
1: (laughs) everything goes out the window yeah (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) and I'm just gonna get to the surface I don't care and all that high philosophy was out the door I think if I had done it you know, if I'd surf there a hundred days in a year or something that you have to work your way up to that. And I never got to that point, but I mean, the cool thing, the, the, the fun experiment to me about Mavericks and why I wanted to, cause I'm not really a big wave surfer, someone who wanted to make my life about that, but I was really interested in, it's not skill wise. It's not different than dropping in on, uh, steep shore break or something like you it's just you got to pop to your feet and go down and so the the main um challenge is not flipping out psychologically like if you can get to your feet and point you can ride a maverick's wave and you just i mean you have to get used to those big boards and stuff but once you've done that it's basically like the motion is the same and so this is a fun like psychological game of can i really believe in myself and um and it's obviously one with consequences and so and that when i finally did basically get to the point where i was so angry at myself for not being able to believe in myself and go down one of those waves cuz i knew i could do it and I'd spent about four hours hemming and hawing getting to the edge and not being able to push over the ledge, not being able to paddle hard enough. Um, I just got so frustrated with myself that I was got to the point where I was willing, I'm just going to go down on one of these waves. I will get thrown over the lip. <laughs> like I had to get to that point where I was willing to do that. Um, and then when I did stand up, it was just like, it's an amazing feeling to to feel all that power but the basic motion of riding the wave was you know the same as any wave and so breaking through that psychological barrier was just an ecstatic feeling
2: and one
0: that made it worth it
1: that's uh
2: did, did, uh, sorry, did, did, did you have on you? um Because I know now some of the big wave surfers, they they wear a lot of um tech to, to stop them drowning, basically. Do you have like a flotation vest on, or some of them are wearing float suits now, which, which is like a thin layer underneath your wetsuit, just makes you more buoyant, doesn't it? Did, did you wear anything like that, or you just kind of barebacked it to one of a <laughs> better word?
0: Yeah, I was barebacking it. And that, and that, I was doing it. This was, what was it? I was, I only went out there for um, a couple of uh, really one year was the year I, and I only went out maybe seven or eight times. Um, And uh, nobody was wearing those. It was like the year, it was like a couple of years before it became the norm. And, um, and yeah, if I went back now, I stopped, you know, then I had kids and I was like, you know, I just don't need to be going back out to Mavericks. A, I don't have f- six hours to spend on my session. Yeah, and crazy. B, like, it's going to, you know, this is going to worry, be this huge anxiety for my, you know, wife who's just had a baby who's, you know, it was just like all of it felt like I don't need to do that, you know. But if I were, I would definitely wear one of those. Um, it makes really good sense to have it, Yeah.
2: Yeah, especially now you're a family man. It's just not all gun ho anymore, is it? You know, you've got other people that you're uh, kind of responsible for.
0: Yeah. yeah, you just realize you don't have that right to go get you know paralyzed or. You know, like, <laughs> but I do think you know. Um, I mean, there is the side of it too, though, where yes, it is dangerous. But if you train, I mean a lot of the guys I talk to, if you really run the numbers on big wave surfing, it actually is like, if pretty safe. Like you, you know, cheerleading is much more dangerous. There's much more spinal injury. So like the things that we look at as um, it is interesting to sort of run the exercise of like, you take the same risk when you get in the car every day and um so if you're really training and preparing for big wave surfing there is a way that you can do it safely and i think if i were doing it like to make money for my family i would absolutely feel like oh this is a good thing to do but you know i've chosen a different route i'm you know books and writing are are my career so
1: Uh, finally can you tell people what's going on in your life what's new what you've got coming up
0: Well, I'm really excited besides the children's book to this documentary I've been working on for about a decade ago. I got sent to Bangladesh to write about the first Bengali surfers. Um, And there was one young woman who was about 16 at the time who was beating most of the local boys in a contest. And she was getting harassed by a lot of people around her because girls after puberty don't really swim or surf in public. It's a conservative, uh, country. And so she was breaking all these norms and I wrote a piece about it. And this director wanted to make a film, a documentary film. So we went, we took a couple trips. She made me like a producer and, um, and then that turned into like going back and forth for a few years, um, And that film is finally coming out. So I'm really excited. It's called The Most Fearless. And it follows the life of this one young woman, Nasima Atkar, who really uh, became uh, like the first Bengali surf star. And even like there was a a Bengali feature film just made about her. She's really changed, I think, the course of, of... women's lives in in bangladesh because of of what she did so it's pretty cool that you know um, to have met her a decade ago and now see that uh coming full circle uh, do, do you, yeah, where, i hope the, it'll be view- yeah, it's got themostfearless.com
2: yeah oh is it uh, so is, is it that's just where you see it is it being released on any on anything else or hasn't yet we're just doing you know we we would be doing film festivals right now and it's all you yeah, know,
0: the course, thing. it's been um so actually as we speak it's at the can um this we have a a sales agent totem that is uh taking it around the can uh what do you call it um
1: Film festival.
0: It's not the festival because they're not doing it this year, but the, they have oh, yeah. like a market, like they have like a uh, sales market. So hopefully, yeah. we'll you know, it'll get a distributor and out oh, yeah, there. So, yeah.
1: And, um, where tell people out there where they can find you online when uh, if they want to make contact with you.
0: Yeah. I mean, it probably the just the social media is the easiest. Um, I have a website, jamalyogas.net, but if you find me on Instagram or something, I'm Pretty responsive there.
2: That's great. Well, thanks for coming on, Jamal. We've really enjoyed listening to you. Um Your the new book is coming out. Uh, I can't wait to to get. I'm definitely going to get it for my boys. They definitely need some kind of uh, some kind of help with like some cool surfing people because I, I don't look like cool surfing, so they, they, they wouldn't look at their dad. So if they got someone to kind of look at and a book and give them some t- some life lessons, that's fantastic. So when it comes out in so next ten days in the uk I'll, I'll definitely grab a book thank you
0: this has been really fun i appreciate what you guys are doing hopefully yeah. we'll surf together uh if you're ever in san francisco you know yeah likewise.
2: if you're ever over here uh in the uk yeah, give us a shout you make sure you bring your your big thick wetsuit and your hood and your boots and your gloves because and- yeah. <laughs> it's freezing so i've got them all yeah nice one nice one and thanks, Jamal, for that chat. His book is out on the 30th of June on Amazon, and the book is Mop Rides Away With Life. Really cool kids' books. It's going to help kids at the moment, we think. And um, it's, if, if you're a server, it's, it's nice to give something like this to kids.
1: Yeah, definitely. It was it was really good to have that conversation today. I, I felt like we could have chatted to him for hours and hours, to be honest. Um, yeah, get in contact. Let us know what you thought of that. That was our, our first official interview or chat as we as we're going to try and go for more of a chat style yeah he's Um, really
2: set the tone i think with with this cool relaxed chilled surfer vibe is what we're going to try and yeah definitely um, definitely definitely
1: i know i say that a lot but definitely I'm. you know i'm really glad we got him on i know he's not from the uk but i just think it was worth getting him on just to hear his thoughts the way he he connects the sort of the the mindfulness and the meditation with the surfing and how that fits into yeah. day to well, day life how you really, can use that he's a really good life.
2: author and he's a journalist for lots of publications so he can verbalize it a lot better than what we do oh can. yeah he
1: verbalizes brilliantly yeah. you know we we just ramble on right Ra- yeah we do we, we we ramble on a lot yeah, there yeah. is a lot of
2: takes <laughs> on the
1: podcast yeah there's a lot of takes is it the, the 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 thing is with the podcast we do the way we talk normally as we're free flowing now that's fine if we get to a point where we've got something we've got to say or we're trying to say we can't do it totally mess we it up, just yeah. mess it you know it like it, for example i think it took us three hours to record our one minute trailer yeah and whereas the next episode 26 minutes we just banged straight through it because we were just rambling on talking to each other and from the feedback we've been getting i think that's what people like the the fact that we're just you know we've been friends for too 20, long <laughs> twenty twenty six 26 years yeah, 27 like yeah, years you're real old so <laughs> you're the same age <laughs> you're older actually so yeah it's uh you know i think that's what people like that that sort of friendship we've got and the things we can talk about so we've got some amazing other interviews coming up still to come we've got someone else we're speaking to very soon let us know what you think get in contact we are on social media find us on instagram find us on twitter find us on facebook just search for the uk surf show so that's it for this week
2: yep see you next
1: time bye